0: And praise today let's sing we wait for this day we gather in your name call out to you
1: That is what we want this morning, for God to open up the heavens, to send his spirit on us this morning. I want to say welcome to everybody who's here this morning. Welcome to those who are watching online, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, there at HBC Tullahoma, on YouTube at Highland Baptist, Tullahoma, and our phone live streaming. And if you need uh, to know how to connect to that, just give us a call at the church office. Uh, Be sure to give us the thumbs up there on YouTube. Subscribe there on Facebook and Twitter, retweet on Twitter, and then also like us there on Facebook, and and especially that post, as well as the page itself, and that just helps to get the word out uh, even more, and you can even do that, we'll we'll let you do that even if you want to do that here this morning uh, in person. Uh, So let me encourage you also, if you're at home, go to our church website, highlandbaptistchurch.com, it's under the info tab that you can download today's worship bulletin. you're here in person and you need those, they're at the back. Our ushers will be glad to get you one, or they're also in the windowsills here on the sides. Uh, We also have under that same tab the children's worship bulletins. There's one for ages three and up, one for ages seven and up, and these go along with each Sunday morning service, and so I encourage you to download those if you're at home. Uh, Pick up one of these in person over here in this window uh, if you need those for your children. And then don't forget that we'll have Children's Church in a little while. Uh, If you have children, be sure to sign in on the sheet out in the hallway uh, so that we'll know who's here and who's picking up uh, when you uh, pick up your kids at the end. So be sure to do that. And then also don't forget uh, under that same info tab you can download the prayer list. Uh, There's a lot of new requests that we've added to that so I want to keep those in prayer. Uh, And then also we have uh, some special prayer that we'll, we're going to be asking for this morning for those of us who are going to be going on our trip to Calgary uh, beginning this coming Saturday through the following Saturday, and we'll share some more information about that uh, in a little bit. But glad to have everybody who's here with us, and hope you're ready for a, bless, a blessing this morning in our service. Brother Mike, if you'll come.
2: Good morning. I know we've sang about opening up the heavens this morning. We're going to sing an, another song about heaven. Let's sing 438, Heaven Came Down. And Jordan, I know the bulletin says there's four verses. I only have three down here, so we're going to sing three. here you all stand? Join the choir. you all join us by standing also? Heaven Came Down, 438. Miss Pat. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend He met the need of my heart Shadows dispelling with joy I am telling He made all the darkness depart Heaven came down and glory filled my soul When at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul born of a spirit with life from above into god's family divine justified fully through calvary's love oh what a standing is mine transaction so quickly was made when as a sinner i came took the offer of grace he did offer he saved (laughs) i <laughs>
1: And This morning as we come to our missionaries of the week, Doug and Cheryl uh, Der- Derbyshire, uh, they are serving, they are actually long-term medical missionaries uh, working in the Bangla uh, Baptist Clinic in Thailand. Uh, they have seen that uh, as healthcare professionals uh, taking care of physical needs uh, and then moving on to those spiritual needs has given them great inroads to sharing the gospel. And so we want to uplift them this morning as they are serving in Thailand there, uh, hosting. Medical clinics across the country uh, with the opportunities there of sharing the gospel. So let's go in prayer to the Lord in prayer for Doug and Cheryl and all of our missionaries. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for blessing us that we can be a blessing to others and father we just pray that you will have your hand upon uh, these missionaries this morning Doug and Cheryl Derbyshire. We ask Lord that you will bless them in their uh, medical ministry there in Thailand. We pray that as they host these uh, medical clinics around the country you would use it as opportunities for them to build relationships with people and to share the gospel with them. And so we ask, ask Lord for your spirit to be poured out upon them. Bless them and keep a hedge of protection about them as they seek to minister to so many people there in Thailand with so many around the world also who are um, facing the issues with COVID and so many other medical issues. We just pray an extra special measure, Lord, a protection on them. As they minister, be with all of our missionaries around the world, be with all of our missionaries across North America. And we pray that as they are gathering to worship you this morning, may you pour your spirit out upon them and may they see people come to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so, Father, we pray for your blessings on this service this morning. Lord, we do expectantly look forward to great and mighty things that you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives. So, we give ourselves to you now that as we sing these songs that we're singing, as we hear the word that is preached may we uplift the name of Jesus Christ and him alone and may all men be drawn unto him in Jesus name we pray amen well again it's good to see everybody Uh, let me just uh, mention to you uh, about your giving you can do your online giving if you're at home there by going to our church website highlandbaptistchurch.com go to the far right hand side click the give online tab there real easy platform you can even do that from here but we do have our offering plates here And you should see an offering envelope in front of you in the pew there. If you don't, there are some on the wall back there uh, or on the tables out in the hallways that you can grab uh, to put your offering uh, in also. And then the only other thing I want to mention right now, we'll mention more about it later uh, at the end of the service is that there are uh, three of us from our church who are going to be going to Calgary, Alberta, Canada to help with some church plants there. And we do covet your prayers. And so we have a little prayer guide that we put together uh, there on the stage over here. If you want to pick up one of those when you leave this morning, uh, we'll, be even, we'll maybe put some over on this side uh, when we end just to make sure they're on both sides there. But we want to encourage you to be praying for us this week as we're preparing and getting ready to leave on this coming Saturday. And then also all during the following week until we come back the following Saturday. So keep us uh, in your prayers for that. And there's some special things we need your prayers for that are on this list. So, Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us again.
2: I am thine, O Lord. Join the clock. now to 337 and let's sing i know whom i have believed children's church will be gathering during this song over on the piano side so uh why don't you join us by standing and let's sing i know whom i believe at 337
0: and you are here.
1: Waymaker for us, where there seemed to be no way. Take your Bibles, if you will, this morning and turn to John's Gospel, John chapter 6. And I know your bulletin says verse 37 to 40, but we're actually going to be looking at a few more verses than just that uh, as we go through this passage this morning. Uh, We're still looking at the life of Jesus and his ministry, and we come to this place where Jesus declares himself to be. The bread of life. So let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word, John chapter 6, verse 22, beginning through verse 24. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for all the blessing that you have given us through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his body uh, on the cross for us and for our sins. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you will take our lives and that you will use us for your kingdom work. Father, I pray that we will see Jesus as the only source of life for us. He is the bread of life. God in the flesh, who came and died on the cross for our sin, gave his body and shed his blood so that we could be in a right relationship with him. So Lord, I pray if there are those who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior this morning, uh, may they turn to him, may they surrender their hearts and their lives to him. Uh, Father, all those of us who are already saved, I pray that we will even be strengthened in our faith more than ever before as we see the gospel here in John chapter 6. So bless your word and bless the reading of it, the hearing of it, and the keeping of it in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You be seated. There was a man one time who had moved into town and stopped at a local restaurant for dinner, and the waiter had done his best to try to please him, but the man complained that he had only received one piece of bread with his meal. So the waiter, uh, he promptly brought him four slices of bread, and the man said, well, that's good, but that's not good enough. I love bread. So the customer, he left a sizable tip and and was otherwise a very likable customer. And so the next night uh, when he came in, he was given six slices of bread with his supper. And he said, that's good, but aren't you being a little stingy? Well the next night he received a basket full of bread, but he still complained. And so finally the owner had just had enough uh, and so some of his workers and he had baked this huge loaf of bread. It was about six feet long. It was three feet wide. It took the manager and two waiters to carry it to the table. And when they got it to the table, they just stood back and they smiled waiting for the man's reaction. And the customer looked at that gigantic loaf of bread and he said, so we're back to one piece again. You know, there's some people you just never can please. And that's what we're going to find out here in this passage this morning. Uh, I brought some things with me this morning, stopped at the grocery store and should have picked some up yesterday when we were at the Swiss Pantry. Uh, But this is some sourdough bread. You know, this is what we think of when we see bread or, or we think of our sliced bread uh, that we have. And that bread, man, that's nourishing to us. We, we love that bread and the way it tastes. Now, back in Jesus' day, they had a different kind of bread. Most of their kind of bread would be like this. We would look at this and we would pass that up to get to this because we think this is better. But this is what they had. Uh, back in that day. You know, every culture on this earth loves its bread. I actually found a study that had been done for 2020 (coughs) of Americans alone, that Americans alone in 2020 ate about 69 million loaves of bread a day. Not to mention rolls and bagels and croissants and pitas and doughnuts and, and all kinds of other kinds of bread that are consumed. That's a lot of bread. And bread is a major staple of food no matter where you go in this world. Sometimes for us it looks like this. In other places it looks like this. In other places it's going to look even different from that. Uh, when you go to Italy it's going to look different. Uh, you know, But it's a major staple of food uh, from tortillas to, to matzo bread. Here's a few facts about bread. A family of four... Can live for about 10 years on the bread produced by one acre of wheat in one growing season. In 1941, the U.S. uh, passed a law requiring bakeries to add niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, and iron to their bread, and that's what you get nowadays when you get enriched bread. Uh, Bread was once so prized that it was used as currency, and that's why money is sometimes called what? Bread. Uh, You know, in the 13th century uh, in England. Bread was a vital source of food for the British, and bakeries had total control of the bread supply. In those days, loaves were often sold in baskets of 12, and some bakers, they would cheat their customers by scrimping on the flour, and they would sell smaller loaves. Eventually, King Henry III caught wind of that, and he instituted a law to punish bakers who were cheating people. And those punishments included beatings and jail time. Obviously, that made cheating dangerous, and, and even honest bakers were so concerned that they might accidentally bake a smaller loaf on occasion. So to be safe and to avoid punishment, uh, bakers began selling their customary 12 loaves by adding one loaf to it, having 13 loaves rather than 12 loaves, and that's where we get a baker's dozen from. Uh, back in the day of Jesus, bread was extremely important. So when we see what Jesus is about to talk about in this passage, everyone knew what Jesus was talking about, or so we would think. And that's exactly what we're going to find out, that they're confused about what Jesus said. Nowadays, if you, if you get a loaf of bread, even like this or like this, we can just go to the grocery store and pick those kinds of bread up and just buy about any kind of bread that you want. But back in the days of Jesus, it would take the better part of a day because you had to grind the wheat yourself, <clears throat> you had to put enough wood in the fireplace to bake the bread There weren't any stoves like we have today with temperature controls and settings. And then you had to prepare it. You had to cook that bread that you would need for the week. Bread was a labor-intensive product, and it took a lot of effort and a a lot of time. But then along came Jesus. You think about what's happening and what Jesus has begun uh, to—what we've read here in these first three verses, in verse 22, 23, and 24— A couple of days prior to this story, if you'll remember what we read about a couple of weeks ago, we read about this large crowd of people who had gathered to hear Jesus speak and they gathered to hear, see the miracles that he was doing. And and as the day wore on, Jesus said that the people needed to eat. And you remember he performed that miracle where he fed over 5,000 people with just five small loaves of bread and two fish. And when it was all over, they collected 12 baskets full of leftovers and the people, they were so impressed but then we come to these verses and, and it's like Jesus has just up and disappeared where did he go to nobody knows where he's went uh, or even his disciples have gone to and the people begin to get anxious and they begin to hunt for him and when they did find him what we're going to find out is they wanted more bread Uh, But Jesus apparently wasn't going to give them anymore. And so I want you to see here from this passage this morning, several responses of the crowd to Jesus in these verses that will help us to see where we are, even in our own lives. First, there were those who were seeking. They were seeking. Now, automatically, when we think of seeking, uh, we would think that's a good thing. They're seeking Jesus. Well, uh, let's continue on. And and look there again, you'll see uh, they, they had gathered, they had looked. Verse 24 said that the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples. They themselves got into the boat. They went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Now, notice what we go on with verse 25. Verse 25 says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves of bread. He says in verse 27, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. He knew... Here, as what we see, these disciples, they had been so impressed uh, that so many people had stayed. If you remember what had happened, he fed the 5,000. Then there was the storm uh, when they were out on the water and Jesus comes walking to them. Peter gets out of the boat and goes walking to Jesus. All that happens right before this. And they're so amazed that so many people (coughs) had stayed. But Jesus wasn't impressed with the numbers. He knew the human heart. He knew that people originally followed him because of his miracles. But now their motive was just so they could get fed. I mean, they saw what he did with those five loaves and those two fish. We want that. We want you to produce some more for us because that means we don't have to labor anymore. We don't have to work intensely to make our bread every week. You could just provide it for us. And and so all they could do was focus on getting food from Jesus. So Jesus points out that there are two kinds of food. There is food for the body, which is necessary, but not the most important. And there's food for the spirit, for the soul, which is essential for us. What the people needed wasn't food, but life. And life is a gift. Food only sustains life, but Jesus gives eternal life. This kind of bread could only feed them for a day or feed, if they make enough of this, could feed them for a week and then it was done. But the bread that Jesus is talking about could give them eternal life. Uh, And and the words of Isaiah come to mind from Isaiah 55, verse two that says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? This only satisfies for a season. The physical things of this world only satisfy for a season. But Jesus can satisfy your heart for eternity. And so notice what the people pick up on when Jesus says this to them. As he said in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Notice what the people picked up on. They pick up on the word work. And they begin to misinterpret it to mean that we have to work for our salvation. They completely miss the word give. They had grown up in this legalistic religion, They thought, and they thought they had to do something to earn or to merit eternal life. Jesus makes it very clear that there's only one work that was necessary, and that was to believe on the Savior who came to give his body, who came to shed his blood. So when a person believes <clears throat> on Jesus... They're not performing a good work that earns them salver, salvation. There's no credit in believing because it's, it's what God does in response to our faith that's important. And so when the people hear that, they're so upset, uh, upset the crowd, that they begin to try shaming him into doing this miracle again. And you'll continue to read on in these verses. They said to him in verse 28, what must we do to be doing the works of God? See, there's that emphasis that they think they had to do something to earn God's favor. Learn this this morning. There is nothing you have to do. God has done it all. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sin. That's the work that we need to trust in. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Verse 30 goes on to say, So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Verse 31, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So notice here, they say they're not satisfied with what Jesus had to say. And they say, look, Moses gave us manna for people every day and you've only done it once. And the crowd began by seeking Jesus but now they're seeking a sign first Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2 says the Jews demand signs and the rabbis had taught that when the Messiah would come he would duplicate the miracle of the manna so if Jesus was truly sent by God then let him prove it let him cause manna to fall from heaven they wanted to see and believe you get what they're saying if we don't see then we can't believe. Notice this, faith that is based on signs alone, miracles alone, and not on the truth of God's word can lead a person astray. Because even Satan is able to perform lying wonders, as 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8 through 10 tells us. And so in his reply here, Jesus tries to deepen the people's understanding uh, of the truth. And so notice what he goes on to say in verse 32. He says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And so what he's saying to them is it wasn't God who gave the people out there in the... It wasn't uh, Moses who did that. It was God who gave that manna. So what he's saying to them is, get your eyes off of Moses and get your eyes on God the Father. Also, God gave this manna in the past, but what he's saying now is God is giving you a better bread than that manna was back in the wilderness. He's giving you the true bread in the person of Jesus Christ. And and so the, the, the past event is finished, he's saying, but the present spiritual experience goes on. And so Jesus, he clearly identifies what this bread is, that he is the true living bread that came down from heaven. But he came not only for Israel, but also for the whole world. He came not just to sustain life, but also to give life. And in fact, when you read the following verses, you're going to find out in this sermon that he refers uh, to his coming down from heaven. So do you get the picture in verse 33 and verse 38, 41 and 42, 50 and 51, and verse 58? All all of those times, six times, he refers to himself, or seven times, he refers to himself as coming down from heaven. So, So there is the better picture of manna. Manna... When the heavens was opened, manna came from the heavens. Jesus is saying, the heavens have opened already, and I have come down. I have come down. I have come down from heaven. He repeatedly says that to them to make sure that they understand that he's talking about himself as the true bread of life. And that statement alone declared him to be God. See, the Old Testament manna was a type or a picture, if you will, of the true bread, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so this ver- the, these verses began with the crowd seeking Jesus and then seeking a sign, but listeners began to seek the true bread that jesus talked about however uh like the woman at at, uh, of samaria uh, they weren't ready for salvation remember she was at the well there and she was she thought jesus was talking about physical water and that she could take this this water that he would give her and, and she wouldn't have to keep going to the well well these people they wanted physical bread they wanted physical bread and, and, and they thought, well, just give us this bread so we won't have to work hard to maintain life anymore. You know, people today still want Jesus only for the benefits, only for the blessings that he's able to give. So they said, do another miracle. You did it once, why don't you do it again? And notice Jesus' reply in verse 34 and verse 35. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. They're still talking about physical bread. They're thinking it's a bread like that water she thought was going to, the Samaritan woman thought was always going to be there and I'll never have to go to the well again. Give us this bread. We'll never have to bake again. And Jesus says to them truly, truly, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now that kind of seems like an odd thing to say. Uh, this crowd wants more bread. Not only is Jesus not going to give them what they're asking for, he turns it into a teaching situation for them. And, and he says, "I am the bread of life." What does he mean by that? Well, notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, I'm the giver of bread. Instead, he says, I am the bread. Why did Jesus say it that way? Because the problem here was that the crowd had only come looking for Jesus because he had given them what they wanted, that physical bread. They wanted the bread, but they didn't necessarily want the giver. Of the bread. They didn't want Jesus. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans was telling one time uh, about how he was traveling to some speaking engagements and he would buy gifts at the airport for his children uh, and, and bring them home every time he would go on a trip. But eventually, the children became so used to those gifts that they couldn't wait for him to leave home because they wanted more gifts for themselves. They wanted the gifts more than they wanted him. That's how these people had gotten. They thought that they could do without him as long as they can get some bread, some physical bread, as long as they could get a blessing. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread, he was saying that you can't get the blessing without getting me. You have to get me to get the blessing. You know, sometimes we sing uh, an old hymn uh, called Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. So think about that song for just a moment and the words of what we're saying there in that hymn. So often when we sing that hymn, we tend in our minds to think of the physical blessings of this life. Maybe we think of uh, God blessing us with a car or a home or a job, and there's nothing wrong with being thankful for physical blessings. But if a dependence to those kinds of blessings is why we have faith in Jesus, then those blessings become a trap. You see, there have been lots of Christians who have stumbled in their faith because they lost those blessings. Maybe they lost their car, or they lost their house, or they lost their job, and and faith just goes out the window for them. Because they think, if God really loved me, he wouldn't have taken those blessings, those physical blessings from me. And, and, And they tend to end up losing their faith. They ended up wanting the blessings more than they wanted Jesus. And so in his reply to their request, Jesus uses two key words. I want you to see those key words that that, uh, appear uh, in this sermon, this message that he's sharing with them. Look at verse 35 again. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And notice these two words. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe all that the father gives me Will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, there's that emphasis again, just like the manna came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him. Up on the last day. What were those two words? Comes and believes. To come to Jesus means to believe on him, and to believe on him means to come to him. Believing isn't just something intellectual that we we contemplate in our mind, giving mental assent to some doctrine. It means coming to Jesus and surrendering yourself to him. He says you must. Come to me and you must believe in me. You cannot receive the blessings without receiving Jesus. Notice the second type of people that we see in verse 41 through verse 51. We see those who were murmuring. We find those who were murmuring. There were some who were seeking, some who were seeking signs, some who were truly seeking Jesus. But we also find those who were murmuring. And so notice what, uh, you remember what Jesus said. He said, for I came down from heaven, in verse 38. That disturbed the religious leaders. They didn't like that because they knew that was a claim to deity. Jesus was saying, I came down from heaven, I'm God in the flesh. And so they knew that. Now notice what verse 41 says. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. And so notice, they thought they knew Jesus. They thought they knew who he was, where he came from. Uh, Jesus, of course, was the legal son of Joseph, but he wasn't his natural son because he was born of a virgin uh, the leaders identified Jesus and they said oh that's Jesus they, they identified him with Nazareth in Galilee they never identified Jesus with Bethlehem Did you get that they never identified him with Bethlehem because that meant they had to agree with the virgin birth a- and they thought that Joseph was his natural father they had, had they investigated the matter they would have learned who Jesus really is that even in the days of Moses, the Jews, remember, they were known for their murmuring. When they were in that wilderness, they continued to murmur over and over. The main issue was, where did he come from? Five times Jesus had used the phrase so far, came down from heaven. And they said, uh-uh. Nope, we don't, we're not taking that. Because that's saying that you're God. And we don't believe you're God. Jesus further explains, though, how the sinner can come to God is through the truth of the Word of God. Notice verse 44. He goes on to say, He said, Don't grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets that they will all be taught. By God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. And so what he's saying there is that the Father draws the sinner by his word. He quotes a passage from Isaiah 54, 13 to prove his point. And they shall all be taught by who? God. It is through the teaching of the word that God draws people to the Savior. But here was Jesus who is the living word before them. He's not only the bread of life, he's the living word. Uh, The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the sinner hears and the sinner learns and the sinner comes as the father draws them. Uh, This was basically the same message he gave after he had healed the paralytic. And the crowd wanted to see something, but their real need was to learn something. It's by the word that we see God and receive faith to come to Christ and to trust in him. So he goes on to say in verse 46, not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God. He's talking about himself. He says he has seen the father. Truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Again, he says, I am The bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that you may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he says, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So when Jesus calls himself in those verses, the living bread... He wasn't claiming to be exactly like the manna. He was claiming to be greater than the manna. The manna, he goes on to tell, it only sustained life for for the Jews for for a brief period of time. They ate that manna, but they still all died. What Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life and I have come to give eternal life. I have come to give life, not just to the Jews, but to the whole world. And so these Jews, they had eaten the daily manna, and they eventually died. But when you receive Jesus within your heart, you will live forever. So when God gave the manna, he gave only only a gift. But when Jesus came, he gave Himself. There wasn't any cost to God in sending the manna every day, but it cost him everything to send his only begotten Son. You see, those Jews, they had to eat that manna every day. But those who trust in Jesus Christ once, once to trust in him, you are forgiven and you receive eternal life. It's not difficult to see the, the, in, the, in the manna a picture of Jesus Christ. The manna, it was a mysterious thing to the Jews. Uh, in fact, that word manna means, what is it? Jesus was a mystery to those who saw him. Uh, the manna came at night from heaven, and Jesus came to this earth when sinners were in a, in a moral and spiritual darkness. The manna was small which refers to Jesus' humility. It was round, uh, referring to his eternality. It was white, referring to his purity. It was sweet to the taste, and it met the needs of the people. The manna was given to a rebellious people. It was the gracious gift of God. All they had to do was to go and stoop down on the ground and pick it up every day, put it in their basket, what they needed only for that day, not taking enough for the next day, except for on, uh, on the, the day before the Sabbath, when they could grab enough for the Sabbath day. And they would take and put that in their basket, and they would have that to eat. All they had to do was stoop and pick it up. If they failed to pick it up, they walked on it, A- and it was of no use anymore. Understand this. The Lord is not far from any sinner. And all the sinner has to do, all you have to do this morning is to humble yourself and to reach out and take the gift that God offers of Jesus Christ. Jesus closes this part by referring to his flesh, a a word that will be used six more times before the end of this section. John 6.51 is a declaration that the Son of God will give himself as a sacrifice for the life of the world. So not only were those there were those who were seeking and those who were murmuring there were also those who were striving notice verse 52 Verse 52 goes on to tell us the Jews then disputed amongst themselves saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat now, the word uh, there for disputed or striving means to fight and to quarrel. Uh, being Orthodox Jews, uh, the, the listeners knew that God had prohibited them from eating uh, human flesh or any kind of blood. And, and so here we have another example when you look at John's gospel of the people misunderstanding the spiritual truth by treating it literally. All Jesus said is just like you take food to drink, just like you take bread. And you eat it into uh, and, and your body. It becomes a part of you. So you have to receive me within your innermost being so that I can give you life. But he says, eat? They, they think, eat this flesh? Seriously? Seriously? I mean, that's what it kind of sounds like to them, doesn't it? So does Jesus actually teach us that we need to engage in cannibalism? No, not at all. first, Jesus isn't talking here about real bread. When he says, I am the bread of life, what he meant was is that every time you look at a loaf of bread, he says, remember that just like you need bread to live, you need me to live. You need me to survive in this world. Jesus has said things like that at other times in his ministry. You remember Jesus said, I am the vine. Was Jesus literally saying, I am a vine like a grapevine? No, of course he wasn't. He was was saying uh, that every time you see a vine that has fruit on it, you need to remember that the fruit depends on the vine. You cannot have the fruit without the vine. And, and so you depend on it for life. And that's what he's saying, depend on me for life. When Jesus said, I am the door or the gate, did he mean that he was literally a door, literally a gate? Of course not. He didn't mean that. He was talking figuratively there. He wasn't talking about a little gate. He was saying, remember, just like a gate or a door keeps bad things out and allows good things in, He says, so also, if I'm your door or your gate, I will protect you and keep bad things out and let good things in. So Jesus wasn't talking here about a real vine or or a real gate or a door or in this case, real bread. In this teaching, he was talking about sacrificing his flesh on the cross. Notice what he said in verse 51. The bread that I will give for the life of the world... Is my flesh. Bread gives life, and like physical bread, Jesus' body on the cross was going to give spiritual. Life. So every time you pick up a piece of bread, every time when we have the Lord's Supper and you take that bread, remember, uh, that, that's what Jesus wants you to remember. That's what you should see, his body, his flesh offered for you for salvation. What he was telling his disciples was, every time that you take that communion, every time you take a piece of bread, you need to remember what I did for you on the cross. When you eat that bread... Remember my sacrifice. The sad part is we come to this next group of people who are characterized by departing. There are some who hear the good news of the message of the gospel. In fact, when you remember when we talked about uh, the seed that the sower was sowing, he sowed it on four different kinds of soil and it was only one kind of soil that produced three fourths never produced. Only one-fourth did. Notice we see people departing. We see them departing. Verse 60. So here's what I want you to see. Verse 60 and verse 61. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, man, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? And so at this point, they didn't get what Jesus, uh, that Jesus wasn't talking literally. So they were still offended. They were still confused. And many of them said, that's it. I I don't get this guy. It insults my intelligence. It offends my sensibilities. I'm out of here. And they stumbled over the fact that he claimed to come down from heaven. They also stumbled about the idea that that they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood in order to be saved. But if they stumbled over those two things, what would they do when it came to Jesus ascending back into heaven? That's what Jesus goes on to say. Look at verse 62. Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Where was he before? In heaven. In heaven. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. So remember he's talking to his disciples here at this point And he says to them, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father. And then notice that Peter... And many of the other disciples, they're like, we don't get this either. And for the record, Jesus, uh, you, you had a big crowd. And if you want to keep that crowd, you can't go around telling people they've got to eat your flesh and drink your blood. That doesn't pull well with the people, Jesus. That's kind of the way they were saying all this. And so the result of this message was the loss of most of those people who had been following the Lord Jesus. They went back to their old life. They went back to their old religions. They went back to their old hopeless situation. Jesus had showed them that he was a waymaker. He had made a way where there seemed to be no way. Jesus is the way. But they wouldn't even walk with him. But there was no surprise to the Lord Jesus because he knows the heart of all people. Verse 66 goes on to say, After this, many of his disciples... Turned back and no longer walked with him. If they did that with Jesus then, how much more now? So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Notice when Jesus asked his 12 apostles if they planned to desert him too, it was Peter who spoke up. It was Peter who declared their faith. Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. At that moment, Jesus, uh, Peter, got the message of Jesus. He knew that Jesus was speaking about the word and not the literal flesh and blood. Peter was one of several who declared their belief that Jesus is the Son of God. The only mistake he made was to speak for the entire group. Peter was sure that all the rest of these 12 who had been with Jesus were believers, which shows us just how convincing even Judas was. Because even Peter didn't know that Judas was an unbeliever. Look at verse 70. In verse 70 it says, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the 12? And yet one of you, is the devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. The preaching of the Word of God always leads to a sifting of our hearts. God draws those who are lost to the Savior through the power of His truth, through the power of His Word, but those who reject the Word, those who reject the bread of life, are rejecting the Savior. But those who receive the bread of life, those who receive the word of God, receive the Savior and experience that new birth, that eternal life. The question for us this morning is, will you desert him too? Will you desert him too? Or will you receive him today? Are you seeking Are you seeking signs? Are you seeking miracles? Are you seeking wonders? Or are you truly seeking Jesus? Or maybe you're here this morning and and you've been one of those who've been murmuring or striving. Or maybe you're at that place where you're almost ready to depart because you're just, you don't understand any of this. and, And I just, I turn away. Would you desert him today? Or will you receive him? The choice is yours this morning. Will you receive the bread of life, Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for who Jesus is and for all that he has done for us in our lives. Thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for his resurrection from the grave. Thank you that Jesus is our living bread, the sustainer of our life for eternity. I pray this morning that if there are those who need to come to trust my faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, may they come today. Maybe there are others, Lord, who need to come because they need to follow through with baptism in their life because they never have. Or to simply join this church as we seek to share with the world the hope of the living bread, eternal life with them. Father, I pray that if there are any who are here this morning who are thinking even remotely about deserting Jesus. Many did in that day. And and we couldn't expect any less today. Father, I pray that you would do whatever it takes in their heart to, to, to put yourself in their way and to put us in their way. Lord, that they would have to go over you and your word and us to get to hell. That we would do everything we could to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those who need to come and do that this morning. Says as believers, Lord, I pray that we will grow stronger in our faith and share this good news with so many around us. May you bless this word. May you bless this invitation. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing, only trust him. Will you make your way and come? Amen.
2: So I say. The truth.
1: seated for just a moment. I want to introduce to you Jared and Martha uh, Brooke Hood. uh, And this is Eliza Grace, right? Yeah. And so uh, they are coming both this morning wanting to join our fellowship. I have talked with Jared. He accepts the Lord Jesus as his Savior and wants to follow through with baptism. And Martha also wants to be uh, baptized too. And so uh, if you're excited for their decision, we'll plan this later. But if you're excited for their decision, uh, would you just say amen this morning? amen we're excited for you too Uh, y'all can just have a seat back over there for just a moment you come by at the end of the service after we pray Uh, they'll be back up here at the front and you just encourage them for their decision and then we'll let you know when their baptism will be in the coming weeks
3: amen pastor jim thank you for that message It was wonderful um before actually we get started, I'm going to have Matt come up. He's got a couple of quick announcements.
4: All right. I wanted to uh, thank all you men who came out uh, yesterday for our men's breakfast. Uh, we had a good time. Um, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. And then uh, also, uh, go ahead and mark on your calendars October 8th uh, will be our next man's breakfast at 8 o'clock. And so I think he saw the bread. He's hungry. But I also want to remind you uh, this weekend, the youth will be having a time where you can drop off your kids for and you can have a date night and there will also be some adult helpers there. So they won't be just teenagers watching your kids, I promise. But we'll uh, feed them some pizza and uh, have some games and and maybe uh, a movie or something as well. So if you would uh, just sign up next to my office on the bulletin board there or let uh, me know or uh, Miss Ann and Millie is also. Uh, the one who is helping out as well. So, And uh, also this week, the youth will be going over to Grace on Wednesday nights uh, this or this week because I've been asked to speak over there. And so we'll just be moving our services to Grace and it will start at 5.30 and there'll be an event to follow uh, for the students after that. So uh, if you have any questions, I'll, I'll send out a remind message as well. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Matt. Yes, it was a great time yesterday, so if you weren't able to make it, uh, please come next time. We had a, had a great time of worship. Matt did a wonderful job with the devotion. So. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, uh, deacon's meeting at 4 o'clock today, uh, and scholarship applications, I believe, are due by tomorrow. Uh, and I do wanna, uh, we do want to remember in prayer uh, Paco Prince, who, if you hadn't heard, he had a uh, propane tank explode on him uh, some pretty severe burns to both of his legs. Uh, they hope that he'll be getting out of the hospital, I believe tomorrow, if everything goes right and he will be able to come back home. But he's got a pretty good little process ahead of him for, uh, uh treating those bad burns. Uh, and then I'd like to ask Jim and Dwayne and Ella if they would also come, come forward. Uh, we want to be in prayer for the mission trip to Calgary that they're all we taking on uh, no this, c- the back, so you have okay. and then after uh, after our closing prayers, if y'all would come forward too, and we, uh, I think Mike Stringfield, I think, is your deacon, and uh, he'll be standing up here with you. And then we'd encourage everybody to come by and uh, greet them and welcome them to our church and to uh, with with the group that's going to Calgary. So let's close in a word of prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we just thank you for today. Lord, we just praise you for the day you've given us and praise you for all the work you provide. Lord, it's such a beautiful day that we've had here this morning. We're just so thankful for this family that are coming and join us. And Lord, we're just so grateful for the blessings you provide this church. Lord, you're with us day and night, just walking and guiding us. And we just ask your continued blessings, Lord. We just ask you to be with those who are going through some difficult times. Uh, be with Paco as he recovers, Father. Those that may have lost loved ones in the past weeks, continue to be with them. Father, those that may be going through sicknesses or illnesses, we just uh, or coming procedures, just just be with each and every one of them. And Lord, we just want to lift up. These three individuals that's taking a trip to Calgary, Lord, we just we just pray that uh, all the schedules, the airline flights, will there are no problems there, uh, no problems with COVID or sicknesses. Uh, Father, we just praise the work that uh, is being done in Calgary, and, and we just pray, Lord, that these three individuals will be able to help minister to the team up there and. We know the fields are wide open up there, Father. There's lots to be harvested, and we know, Lord, that you'll be with each each and every one, be with these three as they do your work. Father, as we prepare to go for this day, we just ask you to continue to be with us, to guide us and direct us, and, and bless all of our lives. Father, all these things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.